Good evening, Patriots. And it's Wednesday, July 27th on the West Coast, Thursday on the East Coast in the year 2022. Lots of crazy things continue to unravel. If we haven't if you haven't seen the Biden images, he's that's bizarro land. Strange things are happening there. It's like we're literally watching a hand puppet or a muppet or something. We've got crushing down inflation on the homes, home internal inflation, which is going to make it very difficult for people to buy basics. We have the banking system that's on the verge of an implosion. They're trying to milk it along and catch people probably off guard. Paxlovid is the new drug that's on the market to help those that have been injected because their immune systems are destroyed. It's all, it's all good around, all the way around. What can I say? Patriots, before we begin tonight, make sure you are taking good care of your health with good sleep and good supplements. There's two things I want to talk about. Obviously, good sleep. You're going to need good products for that sleep, and that includes my pillow products with some of the best on the market, if not the best on the market, from their Giza cotton sheets and their my pillow classic pillows. They are incredible and make sure that you get a good night's sleep all the way around. And you can get those at mypillow.com forward slash bards. Use your promo code bards, great savings. And they still have a buy one, get one free offer going on, which is worth looking at and worth getting. It's fantastic. They also have a lighter sheet there which is I just picked up a pair, a set of those sheets, not a pair, but a set. And those sheets are worth, this are for the summer. They're perfect for the summer, in fact. And those are called the, uh, I'm trying to see the name of here. They're Percal sheets. They're the Percal sheets, and they're down as low as twenty nine ninety eight with your promo code. They're a lighter sheet, perfect for summer especially if it's hot, like it suddenly got hot here in Oregon, 100 degrees. Okay, and then we also have supplements, which you can go to expeditioncoffee.com. Of course, Expedition Coffee was designed for your health. It's a health-based coffee. You want to head on over there and check that out, expeditioncoffee.com. And these links, these links are always below the podcast. But what I want to zero in on right now is are a couple products. One is Earth, which is a full body nutrient powder that you mix with water, drink it like a shake. I take that every day. It's the baseline for your body to keep a strong immune system. And mitotherm. And mitotherm is really good for your workouts. It helps your body process fats better all the way through and to be more efficient, especially in all this garbage that is in our environment. All of these things help boost your immune system. And then to add one more thing to your workouts is surge surge which is it comes in a stick pack you mix it with water it just gives you a boost of vitamin c and energy for the day it's a perfect pre-workout or post-workout drink so those are a couple additional things you can find over on expedition xped expeditioncoffee.com plus all sorts of great ways to buy those products and of course mypillow.com forward slash bards promo code bards so i want to start with a piece of plate earlier today i want to talk about it. It's important. So let me play this. 
At a food bank in Loudoun County, Virginia, so many families are asking for help, they ran out of food after 90 minutes today. We are seeing 20 to 25 new families each week that are coming in that are new to us, that have never gotten our services before. That's the new pressing issue that we have, and that's the food shortage issue. I want you to hear this again. We played this yesterday, but it all ties in because I want to put this all in context. This was the one from the shopping store where a woman was caught trying to steal food for his child. Oh, shit. Hey, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. It's cool. It's good, it's good. My son is hungry. No. Shit. What is, what is, what is what it? What is your son? No. My son, but my son is hungry. How, how much is it? I'm going to steal. I don't care. I'm going to take it. How much is it? How much is it? I'm going to take it. Hey, I'll pay for my it. I'll pay for it. My son is hungry. I'll pay for it. He is hungry. What will a mother do for her child? I'll tell you what, I'm going to be really honest. I've seen the video. She's a nicely dressed woman with a very nicely dressed young boy. This isn't, I don't care how you want to cut this. I can't fault her. Situation in life often doesn't deal with, it's easy for us to judge, but I'm not going to judge her. I'm actually going to say, I don't know what else she could do at this point. I'm sure there's options, but she's in a desperate situation. Costs have skyrocketed and household, household inflation, real household inflation is running 30 plus percent. What infuriates me, and I, and I truly mean this, There's many Americans in this situation, and if they're not there yet, they're soon to arrive. With gas now upwards on the average in the country of about $5 a gallon, even though Biden's trying to give you some crap about gas falling in cost, it's not. It's stabilized for a bit, but it's still high. And it's taken in this, now it's going to be the worst point, because even if it plateaus here for a while, that's the steady wear down. It just, budgets could absorb it initially with credit cards and they could absorb it with using up some of their extra cash to pay for gas. But now you're getting into that long-term burnout, meaning burnout your financial capability all through gas from people trying to get to work. They're not equipped for this. And then, and these people that are running this country find it to be a good thing. Because it's part of this, this great transition we're in. And we have to get rid of fossil fuels. I, I tell you sometimes when I do these shows, it is so hard for me not to just unleash my tongue. That woman there, that mother, is just one of thousands that we're going to start seeing. And what infuriates me is what I was leading to earlier is nobody's speaking to it. You know, biblically, when we hear about when we read about Joseph, and that's a complex story, but just in the principles of Joseph, in getting in, interpreting the dreams and filling the silos, there was a, an open reason for why that was happening. And the Pharaoh at least acknowledged it and, and encouraged it. I don't know what's going through people's minds right now. But what I can say, and this is why politics absolutely turns my stomach, is in this supposed fight for power, everybody is just letting the whole thing fall apart. 
One side wants it to fall apart. One side wants to seize power. Both sides ultimately want to seize power from one another. And what's caught in the middle? People. Victims. I don't know what her faith is. I don't know what her political orientation is, and I don't care. Her argument is a real issue. Her son does not have food. And we live in a world right now that we're so far detached from the way we're supposed to be living, which is tied to the, to the land, sowing seeds physically and spiritually. We're going to see a lot of casualties like this. And the point is that we're going to have to start filling in because the government's not there to help you. The politicians aren't there to help you. The lawyers aren't there to help you. The elite are not there to help you. They're all trying to figure out how they can game the system and put a little more money in their pocket. And unfortunately, there's a ton of other people in this nation that are all trying to figure out how they can make a little more money on their 401k and keep that busy and keep shuttling it around, invest a little bit here, put some money in Blackstone. Only takes $100 and you can be a part owner in the new biggest property owner in the country. This is all taking advantage of people's desperation. That's a lot of what we talked about last night with Obadiah. And it's nauseating to me because this is the this is why this country is being judged and why it will continue to be judged because it's just rancid in the in, in the inside. It's like it's literally like shooting a wild pig in Texas and then opening it up and finding out that all the meat is sour and rotten with musk and nastiness. That's what we're dealing with. And it's not going to get better until we, the people, start making a decision of which way we want to go. And all of this is the game of the banksters. And all of this is the game of the elites. And all this is the game of the billionaires. And while we can talk about big, noble things about how we have to take the country back, we've got to give death penalty to the drug dealers, okay, I got all that. But I want to tell you what would really resonate with me as great leadership right now. If somebody had the spine to say, I don't care about the next election. I care about Americans. And so, my fellow Americans, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to begin by coming before God, praying and asking for repentance for this nation for the way that we have wasted the resources and inappropriately stewarded what we were given. I'd like you to also pray for mercy for this nation. And then what I would like you to do, my fellow Americans, is I'd like you to start working in your communities. The federal government's broken. The elections are rigged. It's a good idea if we can get as many people out to vote as possible in, in November, but I figure you're smart enough to figure that out. And when we get closer, like October, we'll start beating on your door to get you going. But right now, between now and the winter, we have a crisis coming because we have an administration that has their head up their butt that is hell-bent on destroying a free market society and turning you into a socialist hell zone. And for those of you that like that, then good on you. Hope you enjoy it and hope you can find food when this whole thing blows up. For the rest of you Americans that follow God, Start working with one another, please. Start looking for the opportunities to support one another. 
help people and make sure everyone has food. There should be no one in this nation that should go hungry. There should be no one in this nation that can't get to work because they can't they have to make a choice between gas or food or mortgage and food. And to my fellow exploiters on Wall Street, remember this is my speech if I was a president. To the investors in Wall Street that seek to do only one thing, and that's to pillage more wealth in your pockets. I'm going to ask America to pray for you and pray for your souls that are lost to the worship of money. This is a time when we need people to start opening up their wallets. Those of you that have plenty, share your excess to help others to make sure that they are fed, to make sure that there's fuel, and to make sure that this country can once again reclaim its its purpose and value of being an example for the world rather than being a pilfering tyranny of corporate greed and exploitation of, the, of those in despair. That would tell me something about a leader right now. But we're not seeing that sort of leader. And instead, what we're hearing is all about vote. We're going to have a red wave. And we're hearing about death penalties for drug dealers. And we're hearing about how we have two years to take this country back and we're, how we're at a valley of, we're not saying that, we're at, we're at a decision point of whether we're going to follow evil or not. Look, I've said this all along. I want to see start seeing some substance that does something for Americans. We're in an inner phase right now. We're going to rebuild this country. And let's use that term. Let's make America great again. I'm going to give you tonight what I think making America great again looks like because no one seems to put any substance to it other than America first and let's make America great again. Well, part of making America great again is let's get America back to worshiping and loving God again. And let's put our King Jesus back on the throne again. And let's start living with a moral foundation and a foundation in our faith that guides us into the right thing to do to start treating our neighbors as we would want to be treated. Let's talk about make America great again. We don't need more big corporations. We need more small businesses. And we don't need people dumping more money into 501c3 churches that don't do much in their community except feed their own feedback into their own overheads. We need people to get out and do some direct action. We need communities to start coming together and knowing if your neighbor's going to be without food. And if so, let's help them. And when you have neighborhoods that aren't working, we need to start coming together. For those of you in neighborhoods where you think that killing each other is a good idea on a daily basis, that's going to need some cleanup. And so part of that would be in making America great again, you've got an ultimatum. Clean up your shit or we're going to start knocking you off like cheap thugs that you are and we're going to use, that's where we'll use our law enforcement and military and we'll do it ruthlessly and you'll never forget. And those, for those victims out there, you have to start reaching to God. You have to start not being a victim, but we're going to have to work as a community to help raise each other up because we're so broken as a nation. I think people are afraid to say the truth. 
They're afraid to say the truth that we're truly broken at our moral base. And what we know in the love of, of this, there's beautiful patriots and God-loving patriots all over this country. And you know what is even more amazing is there's beautiful God-loving people all over this world. And it's the change is based on us, not them. And the problem I have with this whole political hand puppetry going on right now is everybody's looking like, oh, Trump's got some stuff going on behind the scenes. Trump's going to save the nation. Trump's going to do this. You know, if you listen, in fairness, if you listen to President Trump, he's not telling you that. If you if people would take off the rose-colored glasses and the earplugs they put in to filter out only what they want to to filter out and hear only what they want to hear. What he's saying is America has a choice to make. He didn't say, I'm going to make it for you. He hasn't even proclaimed presidency yet. I don't know if he's going to run, and I don't care right now. He has a point about drug dealers, when the death penalty. I don't disagree, but it's, it's literally an, a topic that's, at this moment in time, is not dealing with the immediate crisis. We need a we need leadership voices in this nation. I'm putting myself out there. I, I have, a, a, we have a good sized nation, Bard's Nation, and we can make a difference. So this is part of the reason I'm saying this tonight, because the key the top leaders aren't doing it, and if we're going to wait for them to do it, it's not going to happen. And there's going to be too many people at the point of desperation that will make the wrong decision. That woman was willing to steal a bag of groceries, which is a criminal offense, for her child. That could put her in jail and separate her by, by family services from her son. What will a mother do for her son? What will a mother do for her child? And I'm seeing a mother there. In all this thing that we talk about, how we need to value mothers and value fathers, there's a mother. You may not like the decision she took, She's doing what she can do. She's got nobody out there offering help, apparently. I can pull that much from that piece. She's in a corner. And she's if you saw the video, she's not throwing stuff. She's not she's just having an emotional moment because she doesn't know what to do. And the gloryful part about that piece is the guy that's filming it says, "I'll pay for your groceries." Man, I I just go in and I just tell her, "Relax." I tell I would literally walk up and just say, okay, manager, here's a deal. Get two carts full of groceries, tell, figure out what she needs. I'm just going to pay for her. And then I'd get her a food cart so she could at least get through a few days. It's God's money. It's not my money. And that's the problem we have in this circus that we're living in is people keep think, thinking it's theirs. My house, my car. You know what? My Jeep is God's Jeep. I just have the opportunity and I have the blessed opportunity to steward it and enjoy it while I'm here. My house is God's house. And God has blessed me with the resources to buy it. And that's one of the reasons that my house will never sell because it will, it's being put in a such of a format that it can never be sold and never will be sold because it's God's home. I'm not trying to invest to turn things to make a profit so I can keep moving on up. I, my model is simple, and I'm just saying because this is what God put on my heart. Trust in me. Pay off all your debt. Put aside enough to live on, and trust in me. 
everything will be fine. We don't need to keep ladder climbing. And this is what keeps happening. This is this obsession. We spin. It's like, okay, I've got, I just built up enough equity in the house. Now I can refinance that. I can leverage that. I can buy another house. I can make a rental income. And then I don't, and then that income is somebody's paying me rent, but I'm going to end up being a good landlord because then I can make money off of them. And this is how, man, this is just like, why do we keep putting it on the backs of others? And that's the world that we're living in. That's gaming the system. If we don't stop this process of every time we look at an opportunity to take someone else's money, take someone else to take advantage of somebody else. Look, I'm not against making a great living. I am not against doing hard work and earning your way and making a fortune. I don't have a problem with that. I do not believe in an egalitarian society. That's complete BS. And it's not God's vision anyway. But what I will always stress is everything that comes in is God's gift for me to steward. I don't care whether it is a penny. I don't care whether it's a thousand dollars. It is God's gift to steward. Father puts it to me and then I pray on it and I use it and apply it towards things that he guides. That's all part of us living. And that means we are looking in that opportunity. He guides us to do things. And I've just seen this happen in so many amazing ways. There was a guy that God asked me to, God led me to, to help last year. He had been homeless and started at the beginning of 2021. And he was homeless in the winter in Ohio. I don't even know the guy. Never met him. Never seen a picture of him. Someone led, him, led me to him. They donated some money. I continued to support them. That's what God wanted. This individual ended up coming to Christ. And you just trust that God's leading you there. And the amazing part is that he, it, the things like there was a point when God says, okay, donate. I think the number was $700. So I, I go, okay, well. And this is literally what I did. I went, okay, all right, $700. That's kind of a lot of money. All right, God, I'll send $350. And I sent $350. And immediately I'm like, no, that was not a good idea. So I sent another $350 right away because I'm like, if God told me to do it, don't start gaming it and trying to figure out how I'm going to take a little more for myself. Well, here's what the most amazing thing is. He called me in tears. He said, dude, I, I can't believe you just did that. He said, I just got my bill to fix my van. I didn't have the money. I didn't know what I was going to do. I couldn't get to work. And I just got a new job. I was starting to get myself back on my feet. The bill was $700. Thank you. I, All right, God. I'm listening. This is how we have to learn to walk. It's so different than where we've come from. And it's so difficult for so many people to let go of that seeking an opportunity to game the system to make a little more money. You know, 
God provides everything we need, and he provides it in the measure and proportion that we need it and that we can handle it. So as we steward more, more is provided. And part of that is us communicating with him all the time. That's a world we're heading into that there's a ton of people that don't get it. Because, and they're going to struggle with it. So if you were looking at, I'm going to, I'm going to use, I, I really don't use it very often anymore. I'm very careful because it has negative connotations. It can have negative connotations. But let's use this concept of the New Agers where we're going through this evolutionary process of a 3D, 4D, 5D world, okay? And the reason I want to use it is because it's applicable to this example. 3D world is where we are right now. It's scarcity, it's friction, it's conflict, it's fear, it's anger, it's hatred. That's the 3D world, all built around a principle of scarcity model. The 5D world is where you're completely trusting in God and God provides all things and it's a world where you never are without. It's a world of plenty because all your trust is in God. Now, I don't think that's exactly, it's a little idyllic for me because I don't think God works quite that simply. But for the sake of the example, we're going to use it. And the 4D world in their model is this idea that we're in a transitionary state. So we're learning how to trust in God, but we're still stumbling on the old way. Well, guess what? <laughs> There's going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to like be bashing their face into the wall because they're going to be, God's going to be like, if this was the case, got to be like, I need you to trust in me. Okay, God, I'll trust in you. But I, man, I want to get that. I want to invest here to make some money on them. Bam, right into the wall. See, a lot, many people have been led down this path unknowingly, the trap that they're in. And I am brutal on investments, by the way, if you haven't figured that one out. And I've been brutal on the investment culture for a long time. This isn't something new, just so we're clear. This isn't like, oh, Bards, he's, he's, uh, he's all about people investing in the 401k since COVID or even dumber would be some comment like this dude just doesn't want us to make money. That ain't the case. I'm a hundred percent for making the wealth that whatever God allows you to make to make as much of it, but use it well for God's kingdom. Each of us don't need to hoard, but God doesn't want us to be poor and he wants us to be good stewards of what we have both for ourselves and for others. But anyway, back to my thing on investments. Investment system. I've always looked at it like this. Once you get to understand what goes on in Wall Street, you understand what they did. They took their sin, which was making money on the backs of workers. Basically, investing in companies. We'll just take a private group says, okay, we're going to invest in a company. And the company says, great, thanks. And then they say, oh, but now that we've invested in you, you have a payment to make to us. And so the company's like, okay, cool. And so that payment is what, like an interest payment until we pay off the debt? And the investors say, no, that interest payment is forever as long as you, as we are invested in your company. And the owner says, yeah, but I didn't want that. I just thought you were going to help me get going. And they're like, well, sorry, that's the toll you have to pay. And so the owner says, okay, what if I buy you out? And the investors say, but we won't sell because we now own portions of your company you need to be profitable. And if you aren't profitable, then we'll fire you and we'll take your company and we'll break it up or we'll reorganize it and we'll press wages down even more and we'll take more profit out of it. That's the game. 
That's how that's the fundamentals of how Wall Street crony capitalism works. And what they do a step further, now what they're doing is an exact example of this is Blackstone right now, what they're doing. So they create this, they open up a fund and they go, hey, if you invest $100, $500, about $100 minimum in with us, we will guarantee you a return on your money. Or we will, maybe not guarantee is the right term. You have the opportunity to have a high return on your money as much as three, five, six, or eight percent, which is better than the banks. You're like, oh, this is great, man. All I have to do is throw in a hundred dollars and potentially I can get back eight dollars every year on my hundred. And if I do that as a thousand, that means I'm gonna get eighty dollars. And if I invest a hundred thousand, that means I'm gonna get eight thousand dollars. Whew, this is awesome. It's free money. All I have to do is put it in and take the risk. Except that and we never ask where that profit's coming from. So where is that profit coming from? You see, that interest doesn't magically appear out of the sky with little Pinocchio flying around going, here you go, we got a little present for you. It comes first, if it's a factory or a, a company, it comes off the backs of the workers. You don't believe me. If you ever had doubt this, check with people on their annual bonuses down in oil and gas. Find out what's happened in the last few years because as these, this market has been very much in flux, investors have demanded their return on investment. And if they don't get it, then they pull off little investor coups and the CEOs and the CEOs then give them great promises through the board of directors to get a better return on their investment. Where does it come from? Very often it comes from the bonuses that many of these people get at the end of the year. And then you'll get some comment from the, company going, okay, um, here's the deal. We had a very good year and you all did extremely well, but this year, unfortunately your bonus is, in fact, your performance this year was better than it's ever been. So thank you, my great employees, my slaves to the wall street system. But here's, here's what's happened this year. Our investors have needed to get a return on their investment because for the last few years, it hasn't been a good return. And so we've had to pay off, pay them into the pool that they want because they're demanding to be taken care of for the great investments they've made in this great company. And so I know you've done all the work and I know you've done the hard work, but I know you'll understand that in order to support those great pool of investors that make this company possible, we needed to take your earned bonus, which came from your hard labor, which the investors never did anything hard about it. And we had to give them part of your bonus so that they'll be happy. But that's good because now you still have a job. That's how that game works. And then they stick those packages into 401ks and they stick those packages into investment choices like Vanguard where you can choose high-yield investment or low-yield investment or long-term return on investment or return, and you don't even know what you're investing in. But every bit of that investment is coming off the back of somebody's labor for you to have a retirement account. Why is that done? Because this is how you distribute sin, by the way. This is how you distribute slavery ownership, by the way. And you interlock the system so much that if you say, well, I don't want to participate, they're going to be like, well, then you're going to lose your 401k. Because we own your 401k. And if you, you don't get your 401k out until you get to 63 or 65, whatever it is, 
and then you can take a little piece of it out, but you're going to get penalized every year. If you, you're going to get massively penalized if you take it out early, but if you, once you get there, then you can start taking it out. But of course you'll have to pay the taxes on it because that's how the 401k works. They tie up your money, they lock it in and then they use it. And then they build up big funds like Blackstone BlackRock does. And then they invest it in other things. And you're all part of the, anybody that's in that investment cycle, it's all part of the great sin. And as I've said many times, one of the most difficult things people are going to have to process there's going to be a bunch of them, but here's a big one is when you water Wall Street down and you figure out what keeps Wall Street going, why do they not just vaporize in all this debt? And there's all sorts of obviously Ponzi schemes going on. They've got the derivative market, which is the invention of wealth out of paper wealth out of nothing. And it creates another debt burden and all these things. But what's the thing that they can always count on to keep the engine going? There's actually three. Big Pharma, which is a, anymore has become one of the primary engines of, of profit. Illegal drugs, trafficking, and money laundering that go with it. And if you don't believe that, look back and... I think it was 2016 or 17 when they they got a ship coming in that was tied to Goldman Sachs that was packed full of cocaine. And human sex trafficking, in particular child sex trafficking, because, and how can I say that? Because people will say that's not true, they don't invest in that. All that money ends up in the banking system. And these big players know this, and this is how they shuttle around to make sure that there's always a solid profit coming in, which in the end is what is the backbone to Wall Street. So everybody's retirement account at the end of the day is blood money, money on the back of willful or unwillful and wanting slaves that are just trying to work a hard job. I work a job to earn a living to have something for themselves. Some making more, some making less. And definitely the issue of human sex trafficking and drugs. So to take what President Trump said yesterday, drug dealers need to be executed because every single drug dealer in the end of the day, on the average, kills 500 people. I don't disagree with him. So what does that mean about Wall Street? Because at the end of the day, many of them are complicit in the drug dealing. It's pretty ugly. And it gets back to where we were last night with Obadiah. Do not take advantage in the day of their distress. We have a lot of people right now in distress. This isn't the time to be gaming the system. The best investment anybody can make right now is to help somebody in need. Because you have to make a choice. This is in the valley of decision. Are we going to be investing in the Luciferian Babylonian system? Or are we going to be investing in God's system? And if you're investing in God's system, then you're following your heart where God tells you to place your money and your return on investment doesn't come in the form of a ledger mailed to you or emailed to you at the end of the month. And it doesn't come in the form of some artificial return on interest rate. 
The investment in God's world will pay back in ways we can't even imagine. And sometimes it's immediate and sometimes it's years out. But if God's put it on your heart and you're following that direction to be a cheerful giver, one thing that's absolutely certain about God's world and when investing in God's world is that no matter how bad things get, you're going to be okay. One thing that's absolutely certain about investing in Wall Street is you better be good at how to keep your money because when things get bad, no one cares and no one's going to be there to help. That's the trench that we dig. And it's a choice we have to make. This is the valley of decision. That's ultimately where it's going to be because it's all about the money. The world we are in, the temple under which we reside, whether we worship this temple or not, depends on our relationship with money. Because from money becomes leads to things. In the world we are trying to get to, wealth takes on a completely different form. I've said this example before and I hold to it. In the world we are in, wealth is determined by the size of your bank account and your investment portfolio. But for the sake of talking, we're going to refer to it as your bank account, your, your worth ledger, how much you own, how much your actual ownership and control is. And the higher you climb on that ladder, the more that you own, the more liabilities you can incur with it, but the more that you own. Your 401k will probably be in three, five, 10 million range as you climb up. Your property values will be in the several million dollar range. If you're going to develop a modern day, good, solid portfolio, according to the experts, this is where you need to be. Your gold, your silver, your artwork that you don't really care about, but you've bought because they tell you to. Your house, all these things are going to be in, the, in that investment ledger. You're going to have some serious debt. And what they're going to tell you is use your wealth as much as possible over between now and the time you retire to pay down your debt. But don't pay it all off because you get some good write-offs with it along the way. And every chance you get, trying to find a way to squeeze out another dollar, especially if it comes off of somebody else's back and not your own. That's their world. In God's world, we invest and we see people return in amazing ways. And God returns in amazing ways. And no matter how high you invest, when you look at your bank balance, if it's sitting high in God's world, you should be nervous. If that bank balance is at 100000 you should be nervous in God's world. Because a part of that bank balance in God's world is that's what you've been given to steward, not hoard. And as you steward that money, you are making sure that you're stewarding it to help others to build out what God needs you to build out. To evangelize, to minister to people, to help people in need, whatever that is. And the beautiful thing about God's world is when you put that bank balance out there, pretty soon you're like, whoa. That, I, and you, you look down, you're like, man, I'm almost out of money. And God's like, don't worry, I got you. I'm not making this up. I've learned to live this way and I've just, I'm, I am never cease to be stunned by how God's math work is, works because God's math is not my math and it's not our math. It's amazing math. 
And you can sit down in the ledger and you can go, okay, well, this is exactly how it should work out. And you can look at the numbers. If you're being honest with yourself, you can see it. You're going like, how did that happen? Because God did it. Because all this other stuff is petty. I have, we have $30 trillion in debt in this world. And you could almost see God sitting here rolling his eyes. He's like, oh, good. That's like nothing. Because God has infinite wealth to deal with. There's no numbers. That's the Rothschilds, the Rockefellers. That's the capitalist, crony capitalism game. But if we're going to lean into God, we have to begin and we're going to trust in God's world and we're going to trust in God's world of of this unlimitedness, not this restrictiveness and, and trying to parse out the scraps that they leave us. We have to truly trust in him. And that means we have to let go of our models of exploitation and we have to start looking towards one, stewarding ourselves because God doesn't want us to be in desperate places where we haven't done a good job of stewarding for ourselves. That's dumb. But at the same time, as we go along, sharing our excess or sharing whatever God puts on your heart to help and raise up others. It's that simple. And man, what an economy that would be. And it will defy every single thing that any economist ever tries to tell you about how wrong it is because that economy will prove again and again to be a thousand times more successful than any crap that they try to tell you is going to work for profit. And the difference between their economy and God's economy is at the end of the day, we don't, it, we don't deal with people being desperately hungry or people being cast aside and forgotten. We value each other. And even though there's a difference and, and there's distinctions between and differentiations in wealth, there's a certain sense of humanity that returns to us when we start to appreciate that we're all part of one body. And that's a huge thing. So let us not fall victim to the traps of gaming the system, especially now. I say this truly, and I mean this, and I just put this as a warning. You can hear what I say. You can discard it. That's your choice, and I, and I understand that, and I'm, I'm not judging, but I'm telling you what I'm telling you. That is a, I'm not sure right now if it's worse to be a pedophile or worse to be one who is taking advantage of people's distress and trying to game it for themselves. I'm not sure which is worse. But I'm going to tell you this, and this I know in my heart of hearts, God's not playing. This isn't a request with an option of yes or no. This is, this is how you get closer to me or be prepared for wrath because it's coming. I'm going to choose God. I think it's a good deal. I'm like, yep, yeah, okay, I'm listening. <laughs> Roger that, Lord. Not going to play. Patriots, let's pray. Father, we come to you just very humbled and grateful for all that we have and grateful for what you've put on our hearts to seek out to be the cheerful giver. Two worlds, Father, right before us, your path and and their path. And the worlds could not be more opposite and more clear in what directions and what our choices will reveal. 
each day you have peeled back the layers of, of, of obscuring the truth and we've seen more deeply into what each, what the truth is before us. And we've become very clear that the system under which we're living is built on exploitation on the backs of the many. That the elites suck up the wealth and they leave the crumbs for your children to fight over and ravage each other with. And sadly, they have been very successful, Father. Because in the point of desperation and the point is also the point where greed enters in. And greed has corrupted the hearts as people fight for the little tidbits that they're getting, forgetting that all along, all they had to do is turn to you, trust in you, and you should provide. And you would provide and will provide. So, Father, forgive us as a nation, forgive us as a humanity for falling trapped to these vicious circles. We also pray tonight for those to seek that way with you. Where the ledgers are built not to hoard, but to share and to help one another, to give, to be the cheerful giver. That there needs to be a healthy respect, even to a point of a bit of fear of who you are, what you are, and the power that you hold. Not to have arrogance to believe that somehow that we're beyond that. We have to also, Father, have this, and we pray for this, that people will have the understanding that the world is unlimited with you. What we perceive as a lot of money is trite to you. What we perceive as a lot of wealth is trite to you. And in our very primitive human sense, our ability to hoard massively for the for us to try to imagine being wealthy and rich, we've forgotten where our greatest wealth comes from and what our greatest, greatest wealth looks like. So we pray for a clarity on what true wealth looks like. The wealth of the heart, the wealth of giving, the wealth of connecting to you to know that we never have a worry in the world, that everything that's put before us is what we need and that you're always there to ensure that we have what we need to continue. So again, Father, forgive us for getting these ways and help us strengthen the clarity of the steps towards the way of the heart of the cheerful giver. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Lots to consider in these days. And I think it's important because as we reflect very deeply on where we sit, we are literally going through a process of realization and repentance. We, we are shattering our idolatries, which have fallen in and seeped into every aspect of our lives. We're taking accountability for what we're realizing we're doing, and we're not trying to shut it off or shuttle it off to the side to ignore it, but we're confronting it and taking it to the father and saying, Father, what do we need? How do we get through this? What do I do? And we're trusting that we shall be guided. And we will. And he's there. That's the most amazing thing is he's there to guide. He's there to offer. He's there to make sure that we're not going to have any problem. And then we have to action it to make sure that we keep pushing forward. And Father knows that we're not going to be perfect. He knows we're going to stumble and fall on our face and break our nose once in a while, or at least skin it up. Or if you're the latest Joe Biden, Joe Biden video, then it looks like you've got like two holes in your nostrils on the side. 
which makes me think he's a lizard head, but that's off topic. So we have this moment where we can truly make a decision for our future in such a beautiful way. And all we have to do is trust in him. And the power of one becomes the power of two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64, 128, 256. You see the point. It just keeps doubling. And what starts out small becomes massive. And as we take this out into our world, guess what? That local action of leading with the beautiful way that we are, of being that cheerful giver, of trusting in the in Father, trusting in the Lord, oh, it's it's addictive. It's narcotic in its beautiful way. And pretty soon we're changing the world by the simple actions of one and a cheerful giver. Let us never forget the power of that. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. But We have a lot of work to do, continue to do within ourselves, within our heart, and within our lives as we continue to work more closely with him and letting go of our idols, our idolatries, and our obsessions of things that have nothing to do with God. God will never leave us. But in the end, and, and God in the end will always win, but we are here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war. We must walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ, occupy the land, expand the kingdom, and keep mission forward. Patriots, I will see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time, God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
sets down over the hill where the lost got found. Reaching through somehow. Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud. When the seasons change, I know the space between us will stay the same. Resting on this faith, when your soul answers calls far away. Safe place to hide from the rain.